This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Yesterday, Ola, India's biggest online cab aggregator, delivered its first set of electric scooters. getting the first real stamp of credibility on its extremely ambitious much hyped considerably delayed business offering the previous evening founder bhavish agarwal celebrated it with a tweet that said gaddi nikal chuki hai meaning the first set had left the manufacturing facility in all 100 scooters were delivered to happy customers across the country one such was siddharth reddy a bengaluru based entrepreneur who got his spanking new matte blue S1 Pro one of the two scooter models that are launched by Ola the other one the base variant is called S1 i was one of the first customers to book their vehicle the Ola S1 Pro electric vehicle and in fact i'm also the first customers to get the delivery of the vehicle the way ola has handled the entire process is kind of like very seamless apart from those certain delays which happened because of unforeseen circumstances like those chip shortages and all where many automakers were affected I haven't even taken it straight and to that extent I actually trust in Ola and I also trust in the vehicle there were certain glitches but now I think they would have probably fixed certain some of them or maybe in all of them but even if something comes up in the future you know with OTI updates I think it, uh, those things can be resolved But while Siddharth charges up for his ride, hundreds of people wait in uncertainty for their vehicle that they ordered. Some as early as July. The commencement of deliveries of these scooters has been deferred at least 4 times this year. Now, many customers don't even know when they'll get their scooter. Many are angry and have been pouring their ire over social media in the last few months. I booked my Ola scooter on 15 July and they told us that delivery will start in September. But deliveries were pushed back and the new time slot they gave us was between 1st November to 31st November and they opened final payment window on 12th November. We took the test ride. They gave us a uh, only like 5 10 minutes to drive scooter and it was like 500 meters for i don't think it was enough to understand or judge any scooter then we got mail after few days we got mail that deliveries were again pushed so our new timeline was between 15 december till 31st december and so many people their delivery timeline timeline was between 15 till 31st december it was pushed back in january everyone got upset because of multiple delays and it was not not a good experience i mean if you make a promise you need to keep it that was sachin mahajan ola's super ambitious entry into the electric two wheeler segment has been the stuff of rife speculation high valuation and loud marketing gesticulations in the last few months The venture is the focus and by some accounts obsession of its founder Ola is pouring billions of dollars into this project setting up a scooter factory that would fit both Mumbai and Delhi airports within itself and trying to rewrite all rules of automotive production and sales but it hasn't been easy product glitches remain production is way behind orders and competition is looming very large 
Meanwhile, Agarwal's impossible targets have affected the company's working environment and led to a high number of top-level exits. Is this a revolution in the making or a marketing blitzkrieg that may lead to a business disaster? We discuss all that and more in this episode. To make sense of the chaos, we have today Kartikeya Singhi, an automotive trade magazine veteran who now heads several publications such as Car Dekho, Zig Wheels, Bike Dekho and Gadi. We also have my colleagues Manu Toms who tracks startups at ET Prime and Nehal Chaliawala, ET's in-house automotive, especially two-wheelers expert. It's Thursday, the 16th of December. I'm Anirban Chaudhary and you're listening to Speed Bumps for Ola's e-scooter on the Morning Brief. As they say before flashbacks in Hindi films, shuru se shuru karte hain. Ola was launched in 2010 as a ride-sharing app by two IIT graduates, Bhavi Shagarwal and Ankit Bhati. Over the years, it completely changed our experience of hailing and riding cabs and soon became so big as to even change and dent trends of car ownership. In other words, people began to ask, why buy a car when you can simply book an Ola? Tough competition came in the form of the bigger, older global giant Uber, but Ola held its own in India. However, Agarwal was never happy with just the core business of ride hailing. Over the years, Ola has made constant, often unsuccessful attempts to get into new businesses. If we look at Bhavish Agarwal's business moves from 2014-2015, we see that he always looked at something beyond the right hailing, while that is his core business. That was Manu. So there were two ideas of expansion that were at play. One was evolving into a full-stack mobility solutions company. That involves bus shuttle, cycles and bikes and even luxury cars for ride hailing. And the other idea was expanding into the other consumer internet segments like say food and grocery, uh, grocery commerce. And they explored pharma. And then there was a short stab at financial services too. But as Manu puts it, almost everything fell by the wayside. In 2014, Ola launched Ola Pink, a cab service for women and shut it down without any explanation after a few months. In mid-2015, the company launched food delivery services Ola Cafe and Ola Store, a grocery delivery service only to pull them back too within months. It acquired Taxi for sure in March 2015 and shut it down a year later, firing a thousand people in the wake of that decision. It launched Ola Shuttle, a bus service for office goers in 2016 and closed it in 2018. Ola Fleet, a leasing service was launched in 2015 and is still around, but just about. Ola Money didn't take off and neither did the Indian business of Food Panda which Ola bought with much fanfare in a stock swap deal in 2017. And then came Ola Electric. One area he found there is relatively a white space that is electric. So the initial ideas were around being an electric mobility service provider. And then as we see that has evolved into an to ambitions of becoming an EV manufacturer in the middle of 2020 he completely changed the whole plan he started looking for acquisitions and ended up buying that startup 
which developed this one scooter. That startup was Dutch electronic vehicle maker Etergo. Founded in 2014, Etergo revealed an all-electric two-wheeler called the App Scooter in 2018. But the scooter wasn't designed for Indian conditions, which means um, extreme weather and potholes among other things. So, except the outer shell, everything including batteries, motor and software had to be completely overhauled by Ola. So we need to understand here that Ola announced its entry into the electric two-wheeler market at a time when people were increasingly getting frustrated with rising petrol and diesel prices and were looking for cheaper alternatives. There has also been a growing breed of youngsters conscious about the environment who would want a more eco-friendly mode of transport. And the EV two-wheeler market is minuscule, so the potential is huge. Just to give you some numbers, the conventional two-wheeler market is 16 to 17 million units a year, while the high-speed EV two-wheelers, which are yet to be registered, are just about 100 to 150 thousand. While the government is driven about the electric vehicle initiative and generous in giving subsidies to cut prices, the standards it demands from EV makers pushes up prices of the vehicle. What it has led to is a proliferation of cheap, unregistered, inefficient Chinese two-wheelers in small towns that perform terribly and break down easily. This is the market that Ola entered, ripe for disruption. So sure enough, in February 2021, Ola started building the world's largest factory for two-wheelers, aptly called the Super Factory. Agarwal made his mega plans known to Indians in this promotional video on August 15, 2021. Today, vehicles consume 12,000 crore liters of fuel every year in India, and are responsible for 40% of all pollution in India. To solve climate change, we have to get away from this vehicular pollution, and we have to solve it. And this is what we at Ola have made our mission: to reverse this situation on climate change. We need a revolution. a revolution that we will start here in india and then take around the world just like the revolution that gave us our freedom in 1947 this one will give us our freedom from petrol and this where i am today this is ground zero of this revolution this is the ola future factory the factory will be india's biggest building by any measure according to agarwal it aims to build 10 million scooters a year or one every 2 seconds It actually aims to account for 15% of the total global production of scooters. Wow. Several media reports have pegged the investment at anywhere between 2500 crore rupees to 7500 crore. And for too long we've been the fifth largest car market, the fifth largest renewable market, or the second largest innovation destination. But now it's time for India to be number 1. It's time for India to lead the world in electrification. and build the technologies of the future here in india for the entire world today we are announcing mission electric with the goal that after 2025 no more petrol two wheelers will be sold in india it's been 4 months from that announcement suppliers who have historically shied away from the ev segment are now hopeful that a new ecosystem will be created some including ola scooters motor supplier have invested in increasing capacity and the scooters are now ready now experts like kartikeya who have test driven it say that it has incredible features and range 
Ola, I think, has made a big splash and it did that with the right specs. If you compare it with anything else on the market, be it the Aether, the TVS IQ, it was outspecking everything there. In terms of everything that matters to the user, whether you are a practical oriented user or a more enthusiastic oriented user. So, like, let's say for most people, range anxiety is a big concern, in which case, with the Ola S1 Pro, let's say you're getting a claimed range of 181 kilometers because it has a much larger battery pack, right? So, it's giving you the advantage of, you know, saying, hey, I don't have to keep charging it. I don't have to worry about running out of charge because, well, it's got 181 uh, kilometers of claimed range. And just uh, for perspective, um, an Aether has a claimed range of 116 and uh, TVS's IQ is about 75. Right, So it's a big leap in terms of practicality and it's not so different even in terms of the performance on offer. Right, It's uh, got way more punch uh, in terms of what the motor capacity is compared to the other competitors out there. So it's got more performance and one metric which really got people excited was of course its top speed which is claimed to be 115 for the S1 Pro. In comparison to the other scooters in the market today, electric scooters and even ice scooters, going over 100 kilometers an hour is a big deal. Kartikya mentions Aether, Ola's new tough competitor in this segment, and IQ, a scooter made by TVS Motor. We will talk about them in a bit. But what Kartikya also told me is that Ola's product, for all its shine and dazzle, is uh, incomplete. The issue was in terms of the actual user experience and the reliability angle of it. The core EV package, the dependability of that was what came into question. The software that runs the scooter, that's where the question started to arise. For instance, the scooter basically went into a limp mode. So the limp home mode is kind of when electronics have an issue. Uh, and this can happen on any vehicle Um even our modern day cars have a lot of electronics in them. If a sensor fails or something like that, it goes into a limp mode. And basically, it cuts down power, protects the engine, whatever the, basically your drivetrain, what keeps the vehicle moving, it tries to protect that. Now, we experienced something similar with, on the Ola S1 Pro within a few kilometers of riding it, within, I would say, about 20 kilometers or so. And yes, we've been riding a bit fast, but not all the way throughout, right? And the amount of power drop was a little bit surprising. And following up with that was also softer issues. It might seem like a very trivial thing, but it is a key area in which the Ola S1 had a few gaps. And those gaps weren't small. Like, for instance, um, it's a very small thing. If you have the accelerator open, if you hit the and if you touch the brake, it cuts out the power. Now, this is typically like, let's say you're taking a U-turn and you're accelerating and something is there in front of you. You just tap the brake to shed speed, right? But this cuts the power completely. So it unnerves you. There are things on the scooter, like the grab rails, for instance, feel uh, flimsy. And strangely enough, they end up pushing against the side panels, things that you would not expect to see in a mainstream scooter today. And if you did, you would be shocked. Now, Kartikya's version is important. Remember, he's among the few people who have actually driven the scooter for more than a few kilometers. Most actual customers, like Sachin, whom we heard before, drove it for just a few hundred meters during the test drive that was organized by the company. Then uh, there are other problems like software integration between charger and scooter, the app that collects ride data, user profiles, screen display, voice commands, and something called uh, the heel hold, which is supposed to record and lock the braking force of a vehicle in a slope and hold it without having to use a handbrake. Uh, why am I giving you all this detail? 
it's to tell you that the Ola scooter is promised to be that feature heavy. And well, it's not there yet. The features of the scooter, whether it's uh, cruise control, whether it's the different rider modes, whether it's navigation, all these features are pending, right? And I agree that it's not a great thing that you have so many of your wow features which are still on, yeah, even like hill hold, which is so useful for so many riders, uh, which is a part of the future and not part of the present, right? The core problems are overambition and overspeeding of plans. Now remember, Ola wants us to order and get cars like we buy products off Amazon or Flipkart. You select a vehicle and pay for it, and it gets delivered to your doorstep. All paperwork done. But it isn't that easy, right? A vehicle has to be registered, insured, and loans need to be tied up before it comes to you. Ola claims to be taking care of all that, and that requires an immensely strong tech backup. Even aside of that, any automotive project of this scale takes 18 to 24 months. Ola is aiming it in six. EVs have fewer moving parts and designing them could take a bit of less time. But not this less. Like Ola is trying to crunch timelines drastically. They acquired Itago in May last year. Now agreed, they got a ready-made scooter. But it was designed for European market. So you need to indigenize your design. And that work reportedly started only earlier this year. From there to delivering the scooter now in December, it's crazy. You're cutting down the production time to a third. So, of course, issues are bound to happen. And I think that's what is happening. That was Nehal. Ola says the facility will soon be able to produce 2 million scooters annually. It hasn't made any statement on where production capacity is now. The company said... The deliveries to only the first two sets of customers were delayed for only three to four weeks. It claimed it will fulfill all orders between December and February. It has commissioned one production line which can make one million scooters annually. Also, the company claimed that its scooters aren't incomplete but will be constantly refreshed through upgrades. Of course, there are external issues too like a global shortage of semiconductor chips that's causing automotive production delays everywhere. But the core problem with Ola lies elsewhere. Ola Electric, unlike Ola Cabs, is a much starker, more complex combination of software and hardware. And tackling that complexity is way more difficult. Also, Ola is trying to solve problems with what Nehal calls a startup mentality, which is by throwing money at it. That doesn't work. I'll give you an anecdote. A young design engineer at Ola I spoke to around July. And July was sometime when getting components for EVs was really difficult. So I asked him, you plan to sell a million scooters, two million scooters in your first year. Where will you get components and at this scale? And he just said, that So... The culture of throwing money at any problem has percolated down to the junior most level. But not everything can be solved that way, right? Then as you go ahead, other problems emerge from that. But that's the core issue, that you want to throw money at it and do things yesterday. Then there's competition, of course, from newbies and incumbents. Aether Energy, for instance, a startup that began a few years ago in the minds of two IIT Chennai mates, has very quietly built its own electric scooter. 
the 450X, which most say is a better product than Ola's. The company has opened its second manufacturing facility in Tamil Nadu and tons of experience centers to test its products. This is unlike Ola, which follows a no dealership model. And Aether's founder Tarun Mehta has an aggressive streak to match Agarwal's, though not as loud. In reply to a recent tweet on why Aether's valuation was 125th of Ola Electric, which is something we'll touch upon in a bit, Mehta replied, It's a stupid market. We'll fix valuations in coming months. Then there are the biggies. Bajaj Automotive's Chetak has an electric variant, as does TVS's IQ. Both of which are, as Kartikya told me, more satisfactory products than Ola's S1 and the S1 Pro. Bajaj's managing director, Rajiv Bajaj, recently quipped that the incumbents, whom he acronymed BET, which stands for Bajaj Auto, Royal Enfield and TVS Motors, would have oats for breakfast. Oats stands for Ola, Aether and the new startups Talk Motors and Smarty. My take is that yes, traditional manufacturers definitely know what they're doing because they have been manufacturing products. Today, for any startup to come in and make a vehicle still requires the knowledge of production. A lot of the knowledge today can come from suppliers, but the manufacturer at the end of the day has to know what kind of a product they want to make. I I am on the side of the incumbents in this conversation. But sure, I mean, one can come up with the example of Tesla and it's still giving conventional automakers a run for their money in the EV market. But you have to understand, Tesla comes with next level integration. Like they design their own chips, they write their own code, everything they design in-house. I'll give you an anecdote. Nikkei reported last year, they tore down a Tesla car and after a Japanese automaker executive, they didn't name them, reviewed it. What they said was, we can't do it. They're six years ahead of us. So that's the kind of integration Tesla has. And we still don't know about Ola, how much of it they have done in-house, how much of it they have bought off the shelf. So yeah, it's, it's really wait and watch, but I'll bet my money on incumbents. Also, will Ola make money on these scooters? Probably not. It's impossible to make money at this price. Like 1 lakh for the kind of features, the kind of product they're giving, it's crazy. Like you're not even recovering your variable costs. You're not even reaching break even per unit you sell. I'll tell you how. So if you look at it, Ola is going to sell S1 for 1 lakh rupees X showroom. That's after subsidies. And the S1 Pro at 1.3 lakhs. If we compare it to Aether, which makes a similar product, similar performance, similar features. They sell their scooter at 1.25 lakh starting price and going almost 1.5 lakh for the premium model. And it's a known fact that Aether is not yet profitable. They had to increase their prices earlier this year because they were losing money on every unit of scooter they were selling. We are not even talking about the fixed cost that you have invested in R&D, you have invested in the factory that we are not even going into. They were not even recovering the variable cost, which is the material that you buy for each scooter at that price. So they had to increase it just to be contribution margin positive. And Ola is undercutting Aether. So I don't think they could be profitable at this price. 
Meanwhile, things haven't been well at the Ola workplace either. For understanding that, we need to understand the man behind it all. On September 8th, when the noise on the sales experience glitches got really loud on social media, Bhavish Agarwal tweeted a public apology. That's totally uncharacteristic of him. In fact, many say he's just the opposite. He sets impossible targets for his employees and fires them when they aren't met. Dissent, insiders say, isn't really encouraged. There are high standards and often moving benchmarks that are impossible to meet. And all of this has had its impact. Ola has always been a place of constant churn of senior executives and that has only intensified in the last few years. One report said that no less than two dozen top executives have left the company in the last three years. We have been reporting about this extraordinarily high churn in Ola for the past three years. In the past four years, the entire senior leadership of Ola has changed four times. So the new set of leaders have always come in, worked for quite a few months and then they leave and the other set of leaders come in. Including two co-founders of Ola Electric, except for one person, I'm not finding anyone who has been there throughout in the top leadership. And that could probably be the case in the middle level as well. One thing I would say is that Ola Cabs, we know it's a gig economy champion. So the drivers who come in and then work for the hours that they want to work. He takes that gig approach a little too seriously when it comes to the human resource aspect of the company. All this while Ola's core business continues to be impacted. Remember, despite several attempts at other businesses, Ola's ride-hailing app still contributes 91% to its revenue. In FY21, revenues from this business shrank by 2.5 times on year because of the pandemic and lockdowns, although its losses narrowed as well. Of course, others are no better off. Uber's total revenue in the same period close to halved to 370.5 crore rupees. But unlike Ola, more than half of Uber's revenue now comes from its delivery and freight businesses, while only the remaining 45% odd comes from the cab surface. But has all this impacted Ola's valuation? Yes and no. The more interesting bit actually is the valuation that is ascribed to Ola Electric, in which the main company owns just 5% shares. Ola had targeted a valuation of $15 billion. But a November fundraising, $500 million from investors such as Warburg Pincus, Temasek and Agarwal himself, pegged it at a fifth of that, $3 billion. So the valuation of Ola Cab, uh, I would say, is incredibly elastic. Why I say so is because one guard, the US investor, one of the mutual funds from the US which invested in Ola, in their financial filings, they valued Ola around $3 billion in July. We can say that that's a markdown exercise. It's theoretical with not so much of consequence. Then there was a secondary sale transaction where the early invest, the shares of early investors and the employees were purchased by a set of investors, including Bhavish. And at that time, the company was uh, the transaction happened at uh, 3.5 billion valuation. Two three months down the line, the latest primary round that happened last month was at 7 billion valuation. 
of course in secondary uh, transaction there is some discount that happens uh, often uh, but just half of the primary valuation is something that makes it very interesting and uh, the same set of investors who had uh, who have put in money in ola cabs are investing in ola electric 2 while the recent funding was at 3 billion range et had already reported that talks are going on for a new round at 5 billion valuation and it's heard that ola electric has a, a as a term sheet from investors including techne private ventures for this round and if this round happens i think it should happen quite soon uh, maybe in a couple of months time so if that round happens the worth of bhavish agarwal's stake in ola electric would be about 2 billion that will be at least thrice as much as the value of his shares in his first company ola cabs in ola electric he has 40% stake and ola cabs it is nearly about 8% if i am not wrong so he literally has has more at stake in ola electric so investors are valuing ola electric at almost the same level as they valued ola cabs a few months ago agarwal has a bigger stake in ola electric and that is one big reason behind his drive In a nutshell, Ola Electric and its founders' obsession is the result of a lot: failed attempts at new businesses, a plateauing of its core business, and the terrific opportunities in electric mobility. It's make or break for Ola Electric. A lot is riding on the success of this quarter. So, given the past record and the state of flux, one will tend to have his or her own skepticism, but. irrespective of the chaos the pivots the churn the delay and the critical reviews it is good to give 6 months to 1 year time to see how this story unfolds so that's how i would look at it ola scooters have started getting delivered but will they actually deliver only time will tell that's all folks you were listening to speed bumps for ola's e scooter on the morning brief producers Diareki and Varun Kapahi from Avaaz sound editor Soundarya Jayachandran from Avaaz executive producer Arijit Barman do write to us at the morning brief at timesgroup.com the morning brief airs every tuesday thursday and friday thank you have a good one all clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners credits are mentioned in the description below